Welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with the Mojo Maker and host Nikki Fogden Moore, the Vitality Expert, dedicated to helping you be the CEO of your business and your life with special industry and life leading guests, top tips on how you could create that magical blend of healthy, wealthy, and wise for CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, and people who do things with life. Hi guys, welcome back to the Vitality Coach podcast and Vitality Coach TV. I'm your host, Nikki Fogdemore, and I have another exciting, highly driven and beautiful, kind guest with me today. I'm welcoming artist, singer, songwriter, Alice Fion to the show uh, to tell us all about her next level of journey. Alice, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about you, just for those that are listening in their cars or wherever you are in the world right now and watching the show, I think there's no better way to introduce someone as yeah. accomplished that you are as your young age Thank of 22 you. as yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter, grew up on the Sunshine Coast, been writing songs since I was a kid. I don't really know how I started. It just it was something I did. So you, when did you first pick up a guitar? Okay, I saw Green Day on MTV when I was five and I saw them rocking out and I was convinced that I was going to be a rock star. I was like, that's me. You know, it was sort of like a bit angry, a bit angsty, and the music that I'd been growing up around until that point was like, I remember my parents had this CD in the car. It was called The Power of Love Compilation. <laughs> they had like three. One had a red like rose. Michael Bolton on it or something. It had like it? Celine Dion yeah. and Shania Twain, which at the time I was like, oh, this is lame, and now I'm just such a fan because it's nostalgic to me. Yes. But that was what I'd been around, so when I saw this like different stuff on MTV I was like that's me and I was convinced that I had to be a rock star so I begged my parents to learn guitar I was about I think I was about five maybe six I don't know and I got a guitar and I couldn't play it and I was dreadful and my parents put up with me and I remember like the first day that I got this guitar I was obsessed like I literally played and then I remember mum putting barbie band-aids like on my fingers and I was crying the great thing about having you here as well is that you just revealed to me earlier that you were born in the UK and yeah. you have, you know, most people get your last name wrong, which is actually your middle name. Yeah, So, it Fionn, yeah. it's double F-I-O-N. Yeah, so, it and it's A-L-Y-S. So, yeah. really unique, really beautiful. People always say to me, like, oh, cool stage name. How'd you come up with it? I'm like, I didn't. Just ask my dad. <laughs> just <Yeah>. blame me. <laughs> Does it mean anything? Yeah. Um, Alice means noble. Oh, Okay. Okay, and Fion is actually Welsh for foxglove, which is a highly poisonous plant. Okay, so you're a noble <laughs> poisonous plant. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll remember that while we're having you on the show today. But one of the reasons that I'm really excited to share your story with everyone listening and watching, Alice, is the mm. fact that some of the conversations we've had for, you know, your journey in music and yeah. walking your line and being truly authentic to the type of music that you wanted to play, yeah. it's all coming to fruition for you now. So you've, you've been with your manager, Steve, for five years. Yeah, five years And you've just signed uh, a deal that went into fruition this last week yes. with your visa for the US. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. And you're off to Nashville to record an album. Yeah, like in the next couple of days I'll be yeah. gone. Yeah. And I, I think wait. I just... I think sometimes when people see success at the end of a social media comment or a post or anything else, mm. they don't realise the journey that it took to get there. That's right. Like, as we spoke the other day, like, me and my manager have been working our asses off for five years and it's just the beginning. Like, 
I just got my visa to go over to the US this week. Yeah. Very and exciting. And we've worked for years to get it. So so let's let's give a bit of context around that. You yeah. actually left school early to follow your music career. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So I actually, when I think about this now, I just think that is mental because I see 14-year-old girls and I'm like, how the hell did I make that decision? But I've always known what I wanted to do and – I just feel so lucky for that. I don't know how I would have survived being a teenager without knowing so clearly that I wanted to be in music. And you said that music when you were a teenager really helped you because everyone else in your age group was just kind of going off the rails a little bit, but without music you wouldn't have yeah. been an anchor? I don't know. I honestly don't know how I would have survived being a teenager without music. Like being a teenager is rough. Yes. I think. Yeah. And yeah, I just clung to music. Like that's the only thing I've ever fully known about myself because people grow and evolve and change so much especially in those like young teen years that's the only thing I've had to like hold on to that makes sense the whole time that never changes yeah Yeah. and so at 14 I had finished grade 10 and I didn't go back to school so I completed grade 10 I don't even have a high school like certificate (laughs) And your parents were supporting you in that decision? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they knew. Because they could see how much you applied yourself to music and guitar. And So was there any opposition from teachers or things when you were, like, what was the process for you to decide to do that at 14 years old? Like, you can't just Um, just wake up one morning and decide to do that. So No, so I actually do remember a specific moment. I was in grade 10, beginning of the year, and you do work ed that year. So you get, like, work placement, and work placement was taught by the librarian. And she sat down with me and she's like, in a slightly condescending way, like, Alice, what do you want to be when you're grown up? I was like, oh, I'm going to be a musician, like a songwriter. And she was like, oh, like, just sort of totally blank. And I was like, yeah, and I was so sure of it. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm afraid that's not actually a real job. You're going to have to pick a job from the job guide here. And she hands me this, like, telephone. So seeing a songwriter was not on the job guide. No. So I was like, okay. And I'd been, like, I was a good student. I was pretty nerdy, you know, like, whatever. And that was the first class I've ever just left. I just got up and left. I didn't. Right. I was like, I and you went home to your parents and you're like, I think I just need to. Well, I remember walking from the library, going over to the music block. Like, I just knew I was going to the music block. That was like my little sanctuary at school. And I was thinking, I've got to get out. I've got to do it. Like, I have to do it. So how am I going to do it? you had that drive. Oh, yeah. I was like, how am I going to do it? And I was like, I wish I could just leave. And then I was like, oh, I actually can. <laughs> Which, wow. So I just the idea and I just like knew that was the right thing for me so a lot of people listening to this right now a lot of people even watching you probably a little bit in disbelief because there's so many people that as you say when you have a purpose it's really a beautiful thing it's a privilege as Billie Jean King says yeah she's like a sense of purpose is a privilege so if you and I think that that's been your anchor throughout all your decisions because you knew that regardless of how tough it was that's really what you wanted to do yeah like I had no idea how I was going to do it Right, but you just knew the why. Yeah, I just knew. Yeah. Yeah. So you left school, 
And then what did you do? Uh, Take us on that journey for, for a couple of minutes. I played every... Can I swear? Well, probably not. <laughs> <Less>. but, yeah. <laughs> I played Maybe. every... Is crappy a swear word? Yep, you could probably say crappy is probably going to get by. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so fat now. I played every crappy gig I could get. I played any gig I could get to make money. I also taught kids guitar lessons like after school. Yeah. And yeah, it was a necessary period of time because it made me realize a lot of the things about my career that I didn't want. Right. I think is as valuable as knowing what you do want. And so you call, you know, everyone refers to those as your 10,000 hours when you're building Mm, up all this, you know, incredible earning your stripes and playing to different people and then also forging the right relationships. So you're very lucky to have Steve as your manager. Yeah. I think you started working with him when you were 18. No, 16. Oh, 16. Yeah, I met Steve when I was 16. It's one of those, like, bizarre serendipity moments. Yeah, totally. I was just saying, like, a cosmic scenario. We all believe in cosmic scenarios here, so that's totally random. Yeah. Um, was 16. I was living out of home. I had no money. I had, I was just like screwed. (laughs) I had no idea how I was going to get what I wanted because I'd had a couple of years out of school at this point and things were not progressing in the way I wanted. Like I didn't want to play in pubs and clubs. I didn't want to be a kids guitar teacher as much as I love children but I just it wasn't what I wanted like I want to be a singer-songwriter and I didn't know how to do that I had the belief in myself to do it but I didn't know how and so my friend had been running this open mic night and she'd been begging me for months to go and so I was like okay I'll go and I didn't drive so I took a bus still don't drive I still don't drive I still don't drive that's another funny story. Yeah. I once drove the wrong way around the roundabout. So, okay, good yeah. to know. So I won't <laughs> be coming in the drive. car with you when we're in Nashville. But anyway. So I took a bus for six hours to this open mic night in this tiny little venue above a restaurant. And I was underage, shouldn't have been in there. Got up. I was just, I was just in a really low place as a person. And I still had the dream but I just there was no I didn't I just couldn't see any way to get to it right and as much as I hate to say this I didn't really want to be there like I did it for my friend and of course I'm playing a show and I'm in front of people so I'm going to put my best foot forward always but in that moment I was just like broken and I just was like so what 16 years old, underage, playing an open mic, yeah. not really wanting to be there, yeah. but there was no other solution because you were at rock bottom. Totally. And so I just played a what couple of songs. Can you remember the songs? Uh, I can't. I can't even yeah. remember. Um, and then there was like some random jam thing at the end where everyone got up and I joined in or whatever. And at the end of the night, I went over to the bar to get some water. <laughs> and I ended up talking with this man and he was like hey I thought your songs were really great like what are you doing here and we had this brief chat and he's like oh my brother-in-law he was in the music industry a long time ago he's not in it at the moment but I think he would really love what you do can I take your card and so I was like yeah sure I didn't really think anything of it like 
the amount of times you'll hear, oh, I've got a mate who's in the music industry. Like, you know, everyone. The empty promises. Totally. It's just like everyone's got something to say. So I didn't really think that much of it. And then, yeah, two weeks later, this random guy called Steve James called me. Actually, do you know what? It's so bizarre. I was lying on the beach sunbaking by myself and I was still like, those couple of weeks just took me even lower. I was so lost as a person. Like I just had no idea what to do. And I was sunbaking on the beach and a private number called me and I never answer private numbers. It's just like, I just don't. And this, I just went, oh, excuse me. I just went, stuff it and answered the call. And that call. And it was this random guy called Steve James. And I just. And that was it. You it's like a any. Trajectory. Any time that I think about that moment, like I could have just not answered, but I did. And he was the first person in my life who'd ever asked me what I wanted to get out of a career in music. And I think that's a really important point. Obviously, this is a really deep story for you. You're about to actually leave next week to achieve the dreams that you just had this gut feeling about. So being able to reflect on that, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast right now or you're able to see it, it's taking Alice back and it's those moments Definitely. where you can pause and we don't get a lot of chance to sometimes reflect on those things. No, like those little mini sliding door moments in life. Totally. And every little decision, like every good decision or risk you choose to take future, you will thank you for that. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So those little things that I decided to just do when I was like a kid, essentially, I'm so glad that I had the guts to do, to do it. I didn't yeah. even know I was doing it really. I yeah. just like answered the phone and it changed the course of my career. Um, but the best thing about that conversation was that he was the first person who's ever asked me, what do you want out of a career in music? And I didn't have an answer because I actually didn't know. Like I knew I wanted to do it. It's like, what do you want out of it? And at that point I was like, 16 or so young and most people out of like caring had some sort of advice to give me everybody had an an opinion opinion. yeah Yeah. and instead of asking me how I wanted to do it everyone just sort of said oh you should do this you could do that why don't you look like this why don't you try that why aren't you playing here why aren't you doing this and so when that question was posed to me, that simple question that is integral to knowing how you're going to move forward in life with your dreams and your goals, I was stumped. I was like, I didn't even know this person. Like, that was the first thing that he asked me. He's like, I just wanted to talk to you about your career. And I was like, so okay. Do you, do you think for teenagers and, and for anyone in leadership positions, we should take time to really... You don't have to know the answer, but you should be asked, what is it that you really want out of this? Totally. I think think it's the most valuable question you can ask anyone. Totally. And rather than putting your projections onto other people, just ask people what they want. And and if you're listening to this right now, you don't need to. Maybe it's time to ask yourself, what do you really want out of of whatever you're doing or whatever you're chasing? Yeah. Uh, And don't be afraid if you don't know yet, but at least start the conversation. Totally. And the thing is, like, if you don't know, it's okay. Yes. Because you will work it out. Yeah. If and you've got so a goal, pressure. 
at the moment for everyone to know everything. And I just think you have to be curious and replace that fear with curiosity, which is what you would have done in that moment because he would have guided you to what you wanted to do next, which is, which I love about your music is you just want to write your music in your way, which is even taking you off social media the last couple of months just so you could create a bubble for yourself. Totally. Yeah. I haven't posted on social media for like two months because I knew this was coming up like me about to leave for the U S for a year. And I just wanted to like peace out. For a bit. <laughs> so what would you say to maybe some teenagers or even mums, parents and leaders listening to oh, this man. right now? Because I think, it, I think it's really valuable. There's no FOMO. If you decide to create space for yourself to allow those questions to come to yeah. fruition, what gave you the courage to do that though? Because a lot of people can't even put their phone down for a few minutes and they feel that they have to keep hustling um yeah filling the gaps all the time I understand that feeling very well because yeah we have pressure coming from outside but mostly in inward I think most people are very hard on themselves myself included I think we all are um yeah and that's just what comes with being a person who really cares about their life what they're doing their life um I need the peace, if that makes sense. I need it to be creative because if I'm focusing so hard on I should be doing this, I'm supposed to be getting this much work done, like if I'm thinking like that, it actually takes away from the work I'm supposed to be getting done. So I need to peace out. I need to shut off. Like I have my phone on silent always because I don't want my phone to be going bing, 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 bing and interrupting Interrupting my actual life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll look at my phone when I look at my phone because I'm having my brain space now. Yeah. And do you feel that meeting someone like Steve who respects your opinion and wants to guide you rather than push you, the way in which he manages allows you to make conscious decisions, but he'll give you the facts? Totally. Like I – that's probably – the thing I, I value, you, hey, if you're watching this right now, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the thing I value most about our business relationship is that it's two people working together for the same reason. We're not trying to, like, he, he never tells me what to do ever because it's just not going to work. And I'm such a stubborn Capricorn person. Like, I'm, I know how I work. That makes sense. Like, yes. And it's taken a long time. But at 22 to, to say that you know how you work and you know what you love and you know how to make decisions is pretty, it's pretty special. I and don't always, but like you I trust learn. yourself yeah. a lot. And I think that sense of self-trust, uh, and we were speaking about that the other day, that sense of just you'll figure it out yeah. and self-belief and creating space to make sure that you make the right decisions, even where you're going to be living. Yeah. Um, not everyone is born with that DNA, but you can nurture it. Totally. And to- it's a learnt thing. Yeah. And what it's do you think your biggest advice to yourself is you're about to hop on the plane to go to Nashville to record, to be in the studio for six months and away for a oh, year? Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, what would you say, you know, two words to your younger self when you're sitting in that library with a career advisor that said that your singer-songwriter did not fit the job list? <laughs> so I think... This is the cheesiest. The, it's the ultimate we love cheesy. cheese. It's we the love ultimate cheesy. cheese, but it's true. Just be yourself. Yeah. But that's my plan is to just be myself. Everything works out better when I be myself because I have tried to fit into different pathways and different moulds before. Like it's just that's what you do growing up. That's what you do when you're trying to 
learn things about yourself. You try on different hats essentially. But if you just be yourself, that's what people actually want from you. Amazingly enough, like every time you try and be something for everyone else, in the end, all they actually want is for you to be yourself. And that's much more effortless because you're able to just be in the flow and you're always making conscious decisions and you're not trying to fit in and manipulate yourself to situations, but you're showing up uh, with clarity and conviction. You don't have to have all the answers as well. So Mm. I love that authenticity about it. And speaking of your music as well, singer-songwriter is a beautiful gift. I know that your dad has a literary background as well. So um, and we were chatting about that may be one of the reasons why you're such a wordsmith. Um, oh my but, god that's but to, every time <laughs> but to be able to put that with beautiful melodies and and have this talent for bringing these stories to life on these acoustic sessions is really beautiful so we were talking before about how would you describe yourself to to not put yourself in a pigeonhole but so that others can imagine your sound because it is so unique yeah it's, and what a what a fun question that is yeah it's hard because genres are so wide these days exactly and there's so much genre bending and blending going on at the moment I think at the core of everything, I'm a singer-songwriter, so that's always going to remain. I can't believe I didn't ask you to bring your guitar. I do have a guitar sitting there. Oh. It's tuned in a, a really low tune. We might need to get you to jam out a minute or two. I can come back. Yeah. I can bring my guitars. I just got them fixed, actually. Oh, you did? Oh, they feel so good. They were so bad over the Christmas period from, like, all the salt there, and, oh, my God, they just got filthy. So I just got them back yesterday. I just... Oh, my God, I was loving them so much. Yeah, and, and speaking of that sound as well, you don't like to put too much with it. You like this crisp acoustic and this beautiful tunes to come through the guitar, which is really great. You yeah. Know, it's not that you have to fill it up with all sorts of Yeah, that's something that I've worked out is that I've spent a lot of time in the studio just discovering myself. And in those moments, I did put a lot of pressure on myself to be something bigger than oh, I, love this discussion than I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to explain it. I'll try my best. But it's like I've known what my dream is and I know like the end goal and it looks so big to me. And I've had this sort of like need or to prove myself as being bigger than like just some Where beach girl. At the moment. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want people to think that I'm just some girl from the beach. Girl, yeah. yeah, and... Something that I've realised is that I'm not that, so I don't have to prove it to anyone because it's actually not true. Like, that might be somebody else's perception of me. But it's not you. But it's just not true. So I don't have to try and prove it to anyone because I'm already not. So we talk about stories in our heads that get put onto us or that we're Mm. brought up with. So do you you feel now that you're really good at divorcing the story and sticking to facts and stats because you can check in so often with yourself, but you needed to go through that process? Oh, I totally had to go through all of that to get to the point where I realized like, oh, with me, less is more. Like I don't actually need all of this noise around me. Like I want to tell a story. That's my main purpose. And the best way to tell a story is less is more for me. And I think what's also really auspicious today is it's one year that Electric Love, your last oh, your last EP was one released, year, yeah. one year today. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I know that when you're a musician, what you may have made and by the time you've actually laid that demo and got that music out and everything, it's just yeah. it's probably well, well beyond that probably what you're writing now. So it probably is sometimes frustrating that what's in the market is not representing what you're playing currently. I for, think 
what you're saying is so true and I think like so many artists or just people who create things in general will relate to that because everybody evolves so quickly and I notice it especially in creative people it's the same when you write books, like everything just feels yeah. so old. Yeah, and, and then you're you like, read something you wrote, you're like, yeah. oh my God, I could say that in a much better way now. Oh, I've got this insight that would do that so much more justice if I knew then. But it's your it's your musical and your personal journey that's actually yeah. made out there and it's it's, yeah. it's it's covered in time and it's it's so beautiful. Yeah, so, I'm actually really proud of yeah. the things that I've grown out of. Mm-hmm. I'm still proud of them. Like, And I still love those songs and I was doing – a great job then. So we'll put a link to Electric Love. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you on Spotify with that? Yeah, yeah I'm on right. Spotify and Apple okay. Music, YouTube. All right. So we'll yeah. put all the links on the show notes for this as well. And what's one thing you're most excited about? I know that you've done so much visualization on where you wanted to be. And I know that there's a massive goal that you have, and you're probably not ready to share that with the public, but I think it's fantastic. And you talked about when you finally got the record deal and your visa came through, that it was not an underwhelm, but you were just so peaceful with everything because you'd taken, you'd set the goal, but you'd release the goal. Totally. So only once I released the goal, did did the goal come to life. (laughs) And I just love that analogy. And I think that I was speaking with Keith Abraham. Um, He's like a a massive guru on purpose. And we're chatting as, Set the goal, release the goal, and believe in the goal, and then just oh. get on with doing the work, which is oh. very much exactly what you've done. Oh, it's so true. And even when I I knew that going into the whole process, but to actually exercise it is a whole different level. So how did you let it go then? Was that the moment you're like, I'm just going to enjoy time with my family yeah. and yeah. leave it to the higher powers? That literally was it. It was like, right. I don't have to prove myself anymore like I do have the work ethic I do have the drive I do have the belief in myself I do have the belief in the people I'm working with like I have all of those things I don't have to be like aching I don't have to be in pain for this <laughs> like beautiful, if beautiful that makes I don't have Absolutely. to be like yeah wringing every inch of my soul out mm-hmm. of this like I already know you're the, now you're in the glide yeah I like to call it if that makes sense yeah. because I don't know if it's just like an artist or a creative person thing, but you can torture yourself to oh, get what I, you I love think, I think over any, what you love. Any <laughs> entrepreneur, any person looking for a promotion, even even any person trying to have happiness in their relationships, that can become a torture. It's not yeah. just creating art, whether it's music or writing. Or, and the most ridiculous yeah. thing about it is that it's only because you care and you love it. Exactly. So that passion <laughs> doesn't have to be painful. Not at all. It, sh- it should be about joy. But it's easy when you are stressed or when there's a lot going on to, like, get lost in that and remember, oh, I actually do this because I enjoy it and I care about it and I love it. It's so simple, but when there's, like, a lot going on. So that's a great chemistry check. So if you are working hard on something, just make sure you're doing it because you really love it. You can combine what you're good at with what you really love. And Alice, you've, you've done that beautifully and... And I know Thank that you. I can't wait to watch this fast trajectory that you've got. What gives you the confidence, do you think, to go on stage and perform and sing so beautifully and just, you know, have you had to work on that or Definitely. do you think you have? Right. Oh, yeah. So do you have three, like, like little on-stage mantra, a lucky charm thing, a little ritual, like without it's giving away your secrets? That. No, I would love to give away my secrets. <laughs> I'm like I'm nowhere near enough of a pro to be, like, giving my secrets oh my god but it's funny that you say that really ties in well with my mantra and like 
when I go on stage, I just focus on the joy. Like I focus on feeling joy and like putting my joy out because I used to just get so hateful. It's not the right word. It's like, yeah, I would get so in my head about like doing a good job that I would not focus on feeling the joy and like giving joy. I think about all of my favorite artists, my favorite gigs I've ever been to. And I think despite the range of genres they might be, the one thing they all have in common is that when they're on stage, you can feel their joy. You can tell they really want to be there. They're, they're having present. a great time. Exactly. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Like when people are seeing you play, that's what they want. They yeah. want they to don't want feed to off your joy. Artists up there no, doing, no. you know, 12, a set or two and then, and then wandering off. So. Yeah. Like yeah. they want to feed off your joy and joy doesn't like, there's no end to joy. So, if I'm feeling joyful, that doesn't – and people are taking from yeah, that joy. It doesn't no take away. Yeah. Exactly. I call that kindness credits. If you're kind to yourself, they don't they don't run out. No. Yeah. That's right. It's actually more abundant and ripple effect. Yeah. And on that note too, we were speaking about writers' retreats and how I work with a lot of artists and athletes yeah. on rebuilding their brand and getting centered. And what do you think the power of collaborating rather than the fear of people taking your ideas? Because oh, when man. you work with people that are in the synergy that are the best at what they do, mm. suddenly it's just this – super yeah. powerful combination right so how do you do that chemistry check to know that those people are really there to deliver a great job because they're proud of what they do and it's just this collective give everyone a chance like you can't assume anything about anyone just give them a chance and don't give them too many chances but give them a good chance yeah. like, and how do you set your boundaries with people then so they know not to take advantage of you and you're a very straightforward person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we spoke about that as well, that you and I are straight shooters. Yeah, some people it's, don't, like, uh, I'm very, like, bubbly and smiley or whatever, but sometimes I can just be very straight up and that's, like, a bit confronting. Yeah, some people take it, like, the wrong way. I'm not sure why. Like, I personally really like it when somebody just says, no, I'm not feeling that, let's move on. Like in, in a creative scenario, for instance, like say, well, you don't really have an ego. So I think when you don't, no, it's you've not got personal. a neutral and you're looking for the quality of the work, you're not making yeah. a personal attack on people. Yeah. So you need to be with people that are committed to the quality of the art. Yeah. It's we're yeah. here to create this. And when I'm being honest, I'm being honest about this, not. Yeah. About that person. Not to and you. I, think, yeah. I think that's important. If you're working in teams or you even want, your children or a friend or a project that you're working on, you make sure that you've got some rules of engagement yeah. and you can have those open conversations right from the start because it's yeah. really difficult to kind of tear down walls later and, and suddenly come in with a pure approach if they're not used to it. Totally. And I think something else about myself that I have worked on is I, I do enjoy that aspect of my personality that I like to be quite straight up, but I have learned tact that makes sense like yes learning how other people react that makes sense and in a studio scenario for instance um i've worked a bunch with diesel and he has taught me so much through his patience with me wow (laughs) okay that's the biggest thing of all of the things that he's done for me that's probably 
And I think there's a lot of grace that comes thing. with the studio work yeah. too. So do you feel that you've taken on board that sense of grace and, and tact because you know that everyone's coming from a different filter? So it's just a maturity? I hope so. Uh, I hope <laughs> I'm I can sure apply what you said to me when you walked in today, but I, I we'll let that slide. But. <laughs> no, but I hope that I, I hope that I could like apply that to my own studio scenarios. But for instance, like we have a very honest relationship and like I know our relationship was so honest in the studio that if he says good job, I don't have to second guess whether or not I did a good job. Like if I got the take, I got the take. And if I didn't get the take, he goes, you can do better. And it's not like, oh, it's like, oh, cool. Like he thinks I can do better. So So it's this mutual respect, which is really important. You know, it's quite, it's quite remarkable. So you, you picked up a guitar, you begged for one at five because you watched this uh, Green Day. Was it? It was Basket yeah, Great. so, you know, a five-year-old going, yeah. yeah. And then you you learned the guitar, you taught music after school for kids, mm. you played every possible crappy gig, as oh you put gosh. it, there was out. You said to your career counsellor, I'm out of here, and you started to work on yourself with the sense of belief but not knowing the how. At 16, you did an open mic. Then you met Steve James via his brother-in-law. Yeah, right? just Amazing. some weird cosmic stuff. Cosmic yeah. stuff, which is yeah. never incidental. Um, and then you forged a great partnership and working relationship on yeah. respect, and he allowed you to play the music that you loved and keep working at it, and he knew it God would take this patient. long. Yeah, because I didn't think it would take this long. Now I realise, like, oh, this is a long-term commitment. But I remember the first day that I actually met Steve in person, he said to me, I'll be in it for the long haul. Like, it's going to take a long time. And I was like, cool. Like, I was 16 and I, I knew that I wanted to have a long career. Like, that was the one thing. I didn't want to just go up and down. I wanted it to be this. And then I want to decide when it goes down, like when I'm ready to yeah. turn it down. Um, which I'm sure one day I will. Like, I'm not well, going to want to go on the road forever. It, it'll mm-hmm. evolve. And I think there's a lot of synergies um, with music and, and athletes that there are with entrepreneurs. And I always get really frustrated talking to a lot of artists when they're like, yeah, but this is the only way to do it and it has to be a struggle. And I'm like, oh, there's so many different ways to approach yourself because you're a brand. And so one of the things that you're doing is evolving your brand and thinking about yourself as a business. Mm. And I guess the last point that I want to reflect and give you kudos for is this beautiful, healthy aspect you've brought into your career as a young woman, as a young artist, yeah. is that you look after yourself, you uh, you know how to nurture your body because you know that it's part of Oh, and I haven't fantastic. always. No, I'm not saying yeah. that you're a saint, let's put it that way. Oh, but God, I, yeah. But, but in an industry thing. which is late late hours, you know, long studio time, no daylight, you know, and and also gigs where there's a lot of drinking and smoking yeah. and things going on. Yeah. So how are you going to navigate a well-being for yourself in an industry which is really quite demanding physically mm. as well as mentally? Well, I think, again, this is where my stubbornness serves me. Obviously, it's not always going to serve me in every scenario, but I have very strong willpower. So I know that I, know that I can't drink before or after a gig. So I just never do. Like, it's just not part of my life. Do you think there's a lot of pressure for people to to drink? I know now all the ads are about social drinking. It says drink responsibly, but people have always got a drink in their hand. They're always trying to socialise around yeah. it, especially in Australia, especially in music. But, you you know, you're a rare unicorn to be able to have that <laughs> sense of willpower. But a lot of people that are, are starting out building their career and 
cutting their first or second album with yeah. a major label don't have that sense of willpower. So what's a couple of things that you could offer them advice on? Well, I think if it works for you, then you should just do like do your thing. That's the main one. But I know that for me, that just doesn't work. So know yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. just know that that doesn't work for my body. Like I haven't always cared for my body well. Like it's definitely a learnt thing. Um, I will remind you, you're only 22 though, so it's pretty. It's pretty great that you've done that. Oh, and I'm still trying. Already. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm still trying. Like, I'm by no means perfect, but like, and I never will be. So that's just we can't. Repeat, we're never going to. We can't repeat what for. you called your February. Uh, oh. <laughs> but I might put that in the show notes with some asterisks around some things. Yeah. So definitely, we for, might just for the make, February for the February joke. show notes joke. But but so. You know, well-being mentally and physically, you've you've been very independent from a young age, and mm. now you're about to go to Nashville, which is the fastest-growing city in America, and mm. it's the fastest-growing music hub, not only for country anymore, but for all sorts of things. Yeah, so it's a cool genre. It's, you know, yeah. there's hardly any locals. They're a rare breed there. Yeah, they are. You so, are. Yeah, so this is exciting. So rewarding yourself for all this hard work. How yeah, are you How are you going to reward yourself for – this is a huge thing yeah. right now. So what is it that you're doing just for you? Is there like a – a special piece of jewelry is there a guitar you've got your eye on like I what think, is it that's going to fill your cup up with this oh moment? man i think if i can tie this into what we were just talking about with health like i believe in celebrating successes like i you should you should revel in you should have a moment for it but then you have to get back to work if that makes sense like this success is huge but and yes, it's taken five years to get to this moment, but the work's only just beginning now. So it's like I had, I got my visa. I had a drink at 11 a.m. Well, that's like crazy. Yeah, to celebrate. That's yeah. crazy for me. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just such a like go for a nice walk person. Like I'm just so chilled, but I really wanted to celebrate it. Like ha- let's have a moment to like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. and I think it's so important, and I hope you continue to do that on all the little milestones, like yeah. maybe like the first full day in the studio, like all the little things. Yeah. We forget how to celebrate because we're so busy achieving things all the time. I think the way, the best way for me to like celebrate myself is to look after myself. Ooh. Is that like really cheesy? I no, don't know. I love that, and I'm just, I, you know, I'm just so proud of all the things that you've put in place since we first bumped into each other and you're just gonna like with that kind of foundation I think you're always going to make good sound decisions and have fun when you can and so looking after yourself and investing yourself is the way you give back to yourself yeah because I know that if I go out all night and drink and party like I probably actually I probably wouldn't have a good time because I just don't enjoy that feeling (laughs) like I just don't enjoy it but you know I might have a great night but was that actually like serving myself and probably not I don't I just don't think it it doesn't serve me and I'm happy when it serves others to do that like I just think everyone should do what they feel their like. own thing yeah. but if I just know that just it's just not so a true reflection of healthy wealthy and wise Alice this is so exciting you can find Alice on at Alice Fion that is double f-i-o-n a-l-y-s double f-i-o-n on yeah. Instagram on social media and also online on her website and we'll put all those links in the show notes and I know that you've got tons to pack. You've just got your guitars back. I, I think we're going to do like a two-minute daily edit just to capture a couple of nuggets oh, yeah, from cool. the show. But what's one 
what's one little thing you'd like to leave the viewers and listeners with in terms of what your vision is or something exciting so we can all follow and be your cheerleaders for this next step in your amazing career? How can we best support Firstly, you? Firstly, thank you. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to need all the support I can get. So, yeah, bring it. <laughs> thank you. On Spotify, um, we'll put all those links down as well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I've already, yeah, be yourself is like the cheesiest one, but it's something that I'm really going to uh, cling to. Maybe yes. that's not the right word. I don't know. Some, yeah, I'm just going to like let that be my, basically. Yeah. A promise to myself and to people who listen to my music is that I'm ready to put more of myself into my music. And that might be a strange thing to hear, but I am very private. So excited about this. I'm very private. I'm very like reserved about like I'll write my songs have always come from the heart. There's no doubt about it. But, but you probably there are topics this much. That, yeah. yeah, there are topics that I'm just like, I'm not ready. I'm Taboo. not ready. That scares yeah. me. That scares me. And every time I do something that scares me, it usually pays off with an incredible result. So I'm ready to take more Ooh. risks that scare that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Taking um, more risks, being yourself, looking after yourself. Yeah. yeah. And having joy in everything you do. I think it's a really, a really, and you know, I, I am going to try and run and get a little guitar there and see if you can just find a way to, yeah. on our little daily edit, yeah. we'll give you a little snippet as a trailer for this, but. Alice, thank you so much for coming on the Vitality Coach Show. If this is your first kind of general interview, yeah. it wasn't about an, e- an EP or an album or anything. Yeah, like this is my first podcast-style interview. Yeah, this has been awesome. It's cool talking about life and music combined because music isn't just its own thing. No. Music is health. Music is like mental health. Music is everything. Like all of those aspects come into it, but not every day do you get to actually discuss the impact and the importance of the other areas absolutely contributing to it so that's an unconsolidated thought but yeah Yeah. um this has just been really cool and i'm glad we finally got to do this because we see each other out on the street like (laughs) the last two and a half years and it's always like we want to meet and have these conversations and it's only just happening now like well, I'm a, a firm supporter and, and very much looking forward to seeing you shine on that journey to Nashville and Thank everything. You. And can I just say, likewise, like I'm genuinely a fan. Like, <laughs> that $5 I slipped you <laughs> No, but for real, like it's cool to know women who are focused on their career because I don't actually know many yet. Like I put my career before anything, like since I was a kid and to see other women like kicking butt and living by what they like preach is is really inspiring to me so I'm just really glad to be here with you like this is cool yeah it's very exciting and and I just love the authenticity and and your abundant approach and also your incredible work ethic and and we'll be putting more on the Vitality Coach show Mm -hmm. notes so I'll put this episode live as fast as possible before Alice goes to Nashville and hopefully yeah. we'll be seeing you over there. Yeah. Um, and watch out we'll for the daily two. edit. We'll do a round yeah. two. And how's it all going? We'll, we'll follow up. So more information, you can go to Alice Fion, A-L-Y-S-F-F-I-O-N, on Instagram, on Facebook, and online on her website. Just Google it. It'll all come up. If you're stuck, go to thevitalitycoach.com.au. I'll also post something on my Instagram. We'll do a little story. Thank you so much for tuning in 
to the Vitality Coach Show. I know it's a huge number of different topics that I talk about, but I want to give you the vision and the inspiration to know that every decision that you make in life has a beautiful ripple effect. Yeah, it really does. It really does. God, that's precious. Yes. <laughs> so you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise, and don't forget I'm launching the Ultimate Vitality Academy Online Premium is now live as well as some cool offers with that. I'll be doing some great workshops this year and work-life blend book number three is coming out. So yes. thank you for being a fan of ours and for adopting yourself into the new Alice family. We can't wait to hear her play. So next time, guys, you stay healthy, wealthy, wise, and thank you for tuning in to the Vitality Coach Show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'd love your review on iTunes, or you can jump online to thevitalitycoach.com.au. For more from Nikki, to sign up for the Monday Mojo and the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube.